TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. This is Inside the Champion's Mind featuring Dr. Lawrence Tam and Marcus Pierce. Welcome to Inside the Champion's Mind, a show dedicated to helping you overcome mediocrity in the pursuit of being world-class in anything that you do. I'm Lawrence Tam, co-founder of The Wellness Couch, and my champion mindset co-host, as always, is Marcus Pierce. Lawrence Tam, great to hear your voice. Good to be with you, as always. Oh, it's fun, man. It's, uh, yesterday, we had uh, the rock star Damien Kristoff from The Wellness Woo-hoo. Guys, uh, my co-host on that show, and uh, he was here in Perth, and uh, he was rocking the house. We cracked the stress code. <laughs> As he always does. And, uh, you know, it's interesting. We actually had a couple of fans, uh, our listeners, uh, that were at the um, at the seminar. It was a sold-out crowd of 100 people. And um, and uh, I've got to give a shout-out to uh, Bridget. Bridget, uh, she... Um, she came up to me and uh, said she's caught up with all the Wellness Guys episodes, which is like 140 of them or so, <laughs> two, two and a half years <laughs> worth. And she's listened to all the Up for a Chat Girls. Uh, she's listened to all the Inside of the Champions Mind, which I was wow. thoroughly impressed. She's only been exposed to uh, the couch for like six months, and she like what? literally has compressed all of that learning in six months' time. And she says, Marcus, and uh, you know, she said that Inside the Champions Mind and uh, her friend as well is uh, – it's one of her favorite podcasts of all of the did whole she, thing. Did she actually said she was more of a favorite than the wellness guys are up for a chat. Yeah, which is uh, which is cool, which is cool. So which means that we at least have two li- listeners out there that, that are listening to this on the Champions Mind. So thank hey, you for listening. Thanks. I for mean, it. let's not play favorites, but that's a little bit flattering, a little bit humbling, Bridget. It is, it is, and uh, that's why I want to bring it up. And um, and uh, it's it's good to know that it's not just my mother that's listening. So. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Actually, my mom doesn't know what I do, so she she has no idea what a podcast is. No, I think my mom may have listened to the first podcast, and then probably because I sent her the link, and she wouldn't know what to do now. Although, having said that, my mom is quite tech savvy, and it's good to know it's more than just my sisters listening as well. So, thank you for your support, Bridget. And um, uh, LT, as you say this, I've, I've said this a number of times, I think either on this podcast or on 100 Not Out, but what I truly love about the Wellness Couch is the way that people absorb it, especially the newbies. They find out about the couch and they literally gobble it up in big chunks. They go through 140 episodes in like two or three weeks and then they go through all of the Up For A Chat episodes, which I think is about 70 hours worth as well now. They've done about 70 of one hour each and then they go and gobble up all of Inside The Champion's Mind. It's amazing. But I think how empowering is that? I mean, as a, as a listener, I mean, you and I are both listeners. We listen to the podcast. We love them ourselves. But how empowering is that to to embrace so much information um in such a concentrated form yes it can be overwhelming but man oh man oh so powerful hey the scary thing is that someone's actually out there listening to my voice for like you know 24 you know 24 7 for like a few weeks in a row which is kind of scary but more important but but, you know what and you love it right you're like i'm sure we both i know i'm interrupting you here i'm cutting you off but i know you and i've both done a lot of tony robbins and demartini and we're podcast junkies like there is something addictive about just listening to this kind of information day in, day out, hour in, hour out. You're, you're doing the dishes and you're listening to it. I'll even be a little bit uh, private here and say I'll go to the toilet and listen to a podcast. Oh, um, you, you're not the next Damien Kristoff and talk no, about poo, are you? No, 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 it's, 
I mean, listening to this kind of information, you want to absorb it as much as you can. So I just love hearing that other people do it, LT. You hang way too much with Damien Christoph. So like, it's, it reminds me, it reminds me when people do this, it's, it reminds me of the slow version of the Matrix. Like, you remember the Matrix, the movie where, yeah. you know, Neo yeah. plugs that thing and he goes, I want to learn Kung Fu. Boom. And then, you know, it's, it's like that, but just a slower <laughs> version of it. Um, when you, yeah. when you listen to two times speed and, uh, and uh, plug it into and just absorb it. Yeah. But this is exactly what we're, we're leading to. We're going to lead to a topic. Don't worry. Um, the reason why we're talking about this is because, you know, the question is, what is some of the things that we all do on a day to day basis that makes us um, not us particularly like, you know, us as human beings successful in terms of being a champion? You know, what what are some of the some of the greats? What are the greats do? each and every single day um, that are not necessarily huge things, but small things that would make them great. So that's the topic of today, and we're going to call it the slight edge. And so um, this came up with the idea by Marcus. Uh, Marcus, you, you want to explain how you kind of came yeah, up with this concept? Well, yeah, well, we've been listening, you and I have been listening to a, another great podcast called Entrepreneur on Fire uh, by uh, John Lee Dumas. And he asks a lot of his hosts or a lot of his guests what uh, one of their favorite books is. And this book called The Slight Edge kept on coming up. And when I kept on hearing, I think, I think I've got that on my bookshelf. I've got a bit of a photographic memory of books on my bookshelf. And funnily enough, I went over to the bookshelf and, and found this small book, only uh, oh, 168 pages, um, called The Slight Edge. And ever since we've moved up to Byron Bay, I've been absorbing this book. And it's not a philosophy that is, um, it's not a new philosophy. Many of us uh, listening would, would be familiar with it. But now that you know I've moved up to Byron and you start you know re re uh, you just start looking at a lot of things in your life I've really started to take inventory on what are the things in my life that I am using the slight edge on and what are things that I'm not so what's the slight edge the slight edge is really the philosophy of doing those small incremental things on a daily weekly or monthly basis that over a period of time make a big difference it's what you would call um, LT we've done a podcast on it on, on the long game you know, on taking a long-term view over things, but the long-term view requires small actions on a regular basis to get the big results. Um, and so you said at the beginning, what are the successful people doing day in, day out? Well, really, they're not doing anything different than we do. It's that they're doing those things regularly and doing them well, and they're not having days off, and they're not relaxing. They're actually looking at they're, – they're disciplined. They're disciplined. And so I thought we'd look at what are the most powerful slight edges uh, that we have in our lives. What what do you have? What do I have? And what are the ones that we're not doing that we think could be really quite powerful? What do you think? I, I think that's a fantastic idea and, and I, like, I like the way um, the thought process of that you know, we create this vision and this is where people get stuck, right? People get stuck because we get stuck on the vision itself and it's such a long game and we get immobilized by the thought process of, yes, we love the vision. We love our, you know, what it's going to become, what it, what a life could become. But the problem is that it's so far away that you don't even take a step. And that's the problem, right? And I've been like this too as well. You think about the vision is so grand. It's like, oh yeah, it'll be amazing. But I don't even know how. So you don't even take a step forward. You kind of get stuck and just sitting there almost looking and staring at the television, which is your vision of the future, but not taking a step forward to actually well, making it happen. Yeah, and some people want or hope that they can get what Neo gets, and that's instant gratification mm. of a desire. They think, I want to learn Kung Fu. Bang, they've got all of the skills. Yeah, But it just doesn't happen that way. It never has, and uh, has it a guess, it never will. 
what, it's, it's, it's going back with that book of Malcolm Gladwell, right? Malcolm Gladwell talks about, um, you know, an outlier is about, you know, the people who have done mastery skills, um, who are successful and geniuses, they're, they didn't become genius, like just because they were born with it. You know, we all look, look at, um, you know, he, his prime example was um, looking at Mozart, for example. You know, Mozart was a genius in terms of music. But when you look back at his history, like he was, there's no doubt that he was he was gifted, right? He was gifted with a talent for music. But, you know, people think that he was gifted since he was three years old. But uh, it, he yeah. was gifted in music, but he never composed an original uh, music until he was, I believe, 16 or 18 years old. Yeah. Right? He did compose when he was like three or five or something like that, really young. But he, what he did was he took other people's music and then composed them and put them together. Right. Yeah. So he didn't come up with the original music. Not to say that, you know, that's not genius in itself, but what his masterpiece actually came when he was like more later on in his life after, you know, this 10,000 hours, um, you know, of, of mastery. And the same thing with, you know, if you look at uh, in the sports context, maybe like Tiger Woods, um, you know, so when he, you know, people say that he was an amazing golfer when he was young. Yeah, he was great, but he never really became, he was great for his age. Like, let's put it this way, right? He, he yeah. was great when he was two years old, when he was on television golfing. He was fantastic. But he was great compared to all the other two-year-olds. But he was a great player later on when he was about 18 years old, you know, like 10 years later. Um, uh, and, and that he developed that skill. And so even, so it's about honing in on the genius and spending time on it one day at a time. And you, when you say that, Alton, I'm thinking you know that it hasn't happened overnight. Like people know that it hasn't happened overnight. People know that it's taken a lot of hard work and dedication and that it has in fact taken 10,000 hours. I mean, I think the number 10,000 hours is a wonderful number because it puts it right in front of you and go, are you prepared to put 10,000 hours of training and practice and hard work into mastering what it is that you truly want to master? Hmm. Are, you prepared, are you prepared to wait that long almost? Yeah, and it's a hard question and most people's answer will be no. And I can get, and the reason why that is is because we live in such a world at the moment that we want everything now. And I'm guilty of this too as well, right? Like, let's yeah, think about do. this. Like, I mean, it was not that long ago. And let's wait, we're in 2014. I would suggest that it was probably about 15 years ago, right? When if I was able to get on the internet, right? At, at some sort of pace with the dollar, it was like, wow, this is awesome, right? And then it was a few years later now, it's like if I hear that noise, it cringes. It's going, oh, my God, i got to wait. Yeah. You download a, a, a website, it would take like, you know, it starts like one line at a time. You know, like now if it's like if I don't have my, my, my video streaming, it's like what's going on with my internet? Oh, if your YouTube video is not loading. That's right. Or, um, you know, if the iPhone, you know, I was just doing this. is so true. I just went to search for something on my phone the other day and the little spotlight or the little magnifying glass, whatever you call it, to search for something on your phone, yeah. it took one second to to appear and I was like, come on, man. He's like, come on. Like, what's going on here? <laughs> like, life is short. Let's go. Uh, so move I think it, move it. Technology is fantastic, but it's actually put ourselves in a position that we expect everything to be fast. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't expect things, you know, outcomes to be faster. But if you really, truly want to master success, like, you know, it doesn't mean that you it doesn't mean that you have to wait 10,000 hours to be successful. Right. 
it means that I believe it's about 10,000 hours to be um, extremely master, masterful at whatever thing you want to do. Well, can I say, I'll tell you that it seems, just from the examples that we've given, I mean, the Beatles being another one, that it might take 10,000 hours to be recognized. Like you said, it doesn't take 10,000 hours to be successful, but it might take you 10,000 hours to actually begin to be outwardly recognized for the things that you've been doing for 10,000 plus hours. Mm, that's that's right. not an overnight success, though. You've been doing it for 10,000 plus hours. It's doing the little things, you know, the little things that no one's willing to do. You know, like a lot of people might say, he goes, oh, you know, how, how, do you, um, how do you get up there and speak? You just speak so naturally. Well, freaking, I just didn't just get up one day and just decide to speak one day. Like, it just didn't happen that way, you know? Like, it was, it was, I'm like the shyest kid uh, in high school, um, you know, even in, in university and also in, in chiropractic college. I was like shy. I never really wanted to step up in front of the crowd and never wanted to, and, you know, and and it's it's about doing the little things over and over again that that makes you successful and and the greats like I'm talking about the greats the greats of the you know the in sports or in movies or you know the, whoever you look up to they are successful because they're striving for a stratosphere uh, that no one else wants to be mm. going after they're going after uh, an area of genius is because they want to create a, a legacy for themselves a legacy that no one can attain and. Being a champion to me is not about just winning a championship once. Because winning a championship once, yes, takes hard work and there's probably a little bit of luck involved and, and the right things at the right time. But to me, being a champion is like how can you be a champion uh, ship team or be a champion um, over years? Like can you win it again and again and again? You know, like Michael Jordan in basketball, he won six championships. You know, can you know? It's about creating a legacy for the dynasty. I guess it's a dynasty when in terms of talking about a sports team. But it's you know, if you look at any great movie stars, I don't want to be just the one hit wonder. Yeah, you don't want to be great for one year and that's it. I want to be like you know, like if you look at bands like U two. You know, I can keep it together for so long. Yeah, like I remember listening to U two when I was a kid. And you know, I remember the first album I listened to was like you know, uh, you know, Joshua Tree and Rattle and Hum. Man, those were amazing albums, but they're still kicking. Like they're still rocking it out. And every you know few years, they come out with a new album, and it's like a different sound. And, and at first, you're like, "Wow, that doesn't sound like YouTube," but it is YouTube. Just evolved. You know, Madonna did that. You know, through the ages as, as well. You know, going from you know um, back in the day of like a virgin through the '80s to to something in, in the new stuff. It just it, she's constantly evolved. And Michael Jackson was the same thing when when he was alive. And you look at those stars. I admire those uh, those um, those singers because and those artists. Because they were able to evolve with time. And but LT, when you say all of this, I'm thinking they're all they're all the they're all the endpoints, I suppose, that we as a consumer get exposed to, right? So I'm thinking, okay, but what was it that allowed them to stay the to stay the course to get them there, right? So I'm thinking, all right, they all probably started in their garage playing a tune. Michael Jackson with his with his brothers and his sisters and you uh, two in a garage uh, somewhere in Ireland and um, Madonna doing what she was doing as a child and I must say that it, it has to be that no matter where you are you have to enjoy the small the small victories or the small training sessions or the small just the very beginning as much as you do at the end because you can't hope to just flick the switch and get to that end point you have to find joy and love for what you're doing at the very beginning because you don't see much change at the beginning. You're not getting gigs in front of 100,000 people um, at the beginning. It's all happening 
at the end. I mean, if you, you think about you know your own professional success, LT. I mean, that all you've been studying for it and working on it, you know, all for the last 10, 15 years, working towards it. But it's not as if you didn't enjoy it at the beginning and you only enjoyed it at the end. You have to find joy and also persistence and determination at the very beginning as well, yeah? Oh, for sure. And, like, I remember, like, you know, um, I'll give you an example, prime example. Jeff Spencer uses this, um, you know, who was who was the beginning when we started with Inside Champions Mind. Like, he talked about how he toured with, you know, he was on the team of U2. And he said that when, one day he walked in um, to the stadium, an empty stadium, um, and there was Bono, Bono, you know. He was doing staccato, like, and learn, doing the basics. Like, like, this is Bono, man. Like, he doesn't need to do the staccato and, and do it. But... There he was doing it, and even though he's done it for like 20, 30 years, he's still doing the basics. And so the story goes, it's about, it doesn't mean no matter how great you are, you're still doing the things that's necessary to grow, to continue to grow. And they're usually the foundations and the fundamentals, but you're still, they're always looking, striving to become better. And that's the difference, right? The difference is that we're looking for the slight edge. Just because you become great or good at something doesn't mean that you can't be great. And if you can't, you know, what about going from great to being like a, leg, a legend? And all those steps has to be you deciding that you're not going to stop and smell the roses. It's great. Yeah, sure. Enjoy the moment, but move on. And that's, that's one interesting thing for me. And this is probably one of the, my slight edges is that I never, um, when I have a victory in my life, like a victory, you know, whether it be, um, I don't know, doing a great talk or, you know, accomplish something in my life. One of the things that I recognize in myself, and it's kind of a weird thing, is that I actually, when, when I get the victory, I sort of like bit proud for a bit, but it lasts all of maybe like three minutes. Yeah. And it's, it's done. Like it's, I'm proud for a second or maybe not even three minutes. It's like proud, good, what's next? What's like next? I moved on. Like it's, it's just great. And everybody could be talking about, like, you know what, I'm done. Like I'm, it's, I moved on for the next thing. And yeah. it's about it for me. It's more, always been about the pursuit rather than than the the milestone itself, you know. And uh, I think one of the, that's I believe that you know having a slight trade is about looking for, you know, what's next. How do I improve myself even more? And I think the moment you stop to celebrate too much or too long, I don't shouldn't say you shouldn't celebrate. You should, but if you celebrate too long, it's when you get yourself into trouble. Can I give some examples of this? Mm-hmm. Uh, and what can happen? Uh, and this, and I think one of the one of the most powerful slight edges. And and if your parents didn't tell it to you when you were growing up, then you've no doubt heard about it. Uh, you've heard it on the TV, and you've read it in books and magazines. But the the slight edge of compound interest, LT, mm. and the slight edge of putting a percentage of your income into your into uh in a, into an account that you never touch. And it just grows and grows and grows. I remember, like, my mum told us all the time when we were kids, put $20 a week in your bank account for 20 years and let the interest grow and you'll become a millionaire. And, uh, you know, yeah, 15, 16, going, yeah, 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 sure, mum, whatever. Sounds good. Good on you. Um, But then at about the age of 22 or 23, I think it was, I started to do it. And then at the age of about 20, uh, I'm, I'm probably making up the numbers, but maybe at 24, uh, maybe after six months or a year, maybe I think I had seven or $8,000 in the bank. Mm-hmm. And I was so happy. You know how you just said that your happiness would subside pretty quickly? Mm-hmm. I was so happy that I actually went and spent all the money. Right. 
Um, I did it on a. I did it on. Uh, it, you might, someone might say that it wasn't a bad spend. I, I went and spent it on a, a course. It was on a trading course. Right. But that trading course lasted about three months because I realized very quickly that that at that time in my life, trading was not my game. Yeah. And I didn't have the money. Mm. Um, at the end of the course, I'd, I'd spent the money, and it was a really brutally hard lesson of like, well, hold on a minute. And, and it's, it's a lesson that's very worth it. I'm so glad that it happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are slight edges that we can that we can do that we can then drop off. We get comfortable. We get over happy, and we we don't value all of the work that we've done, mm-hmm. and then we drop it off. And it seems to me that the slight edge that never stops. Clearly, this is a captain obvious statement, but the slight edge that never stops is the most powerful slight edge. But just when we make a mistake and maybe we go and spend the seven grand or however much is in the account, doesn't mean we then go, oh, well, that's it, it's failed there, can't do it, and we never do it again. Mm, that's right. I, I think that you know one of the slight edge for financial success is that ability just to be able to put away um, a certain amount of money and never see it and never touch it. And the best way to do it is to set up an account that's automatic debited out of your account. And I did that when I first came to Australia. And it's amazing. Like at first, it doesn't seem like a lot. You know, it could be $100 or $50. It really doesn't really matter. I think it's a percentage. Yeah, Yeah, take a percentage of your income. And that's what I did. And I pushed it like as as if it's almost like I never actually received it. It's almost like a tax on myself. Yeah. You know, Um, so, you know, when I, it's like, you know, when I first started working, like obviously because I didn't have to get taxed in a way because I wasn't get paid that way, but I still had to pay tax at the end of the year. Right. So, you know, just say I got a thousand dollars. All of it was, you know, the government didn't take any money right from the beginning. That's how I was paid. And yeah. but I did have to pay tax at the end of the year. So I actually kept it. And so a lot of my friends did was that, you know, they would spend their money, whatever. And then when tax time comes, they would be, you know, bitching and complaining about like how much tax they have to pay. You know, for me, well, was if I earned a thousand dollars, I would just like literally just take 50 percent of that and just put it away. So I would live off five hundred. Yeah. You know, and that 500 I'd never see. I put it into an, uh, you know, an ING account or something and just never touch it. It's just collecting interest. But I'm working from 500 knowing that I'm going to have to pay that somehow. Right? And at yeah. the end of the year, when I take the tax, and sure, I don't have to pay 50%. But, but whatever I, I made, I, then it was like one check. Boom. Here's my tax. Yeah. And then I Damn. had that extra you know, left over, it was like, okay, savings, but I never, you know, I never touched that either because, you know, I didn't have, I didn't, you didn't go on it. a holiday. You didn't go on a holiday with the leftover money. Yeah. And to be honest with you, from a, I learned this from Martini, right? So he, he talks about like savings is the first thing you should do as an investment. You know, the, the act of saving and the act yeah. of you have to earn learning the right. to save. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You have to earn the right to, to, to go into more riskier things. And I've made that mistake many times in my life when I'm doing something, I've lost a lot of money doing things that I shouldn't have because I jumped two or three steps, you know, yeah. speculative investment that I shouldn't have been jumped in, into. And I learned a lot of lesson from it. That was the big mistake that I thought I was ready for. And the, the big lesson I learned from this is that if you're going to start, if you're starting financially, if you want to have create financial security, is that, listen, take 10%, right? Take 10% of what you currently earn and work off 90. Yeah. 10%, you're going to be, trust me, you know, you, at first you might, you, you might think you're struggling, but you definitely can work off 90%. You know, 10% is not, and you put it away, and it might be like just a $50, it might be 100 it doesn't matter what your 10% is, put that away and never touch it. And you'll be amazed after a year or two years, and it's a long game. I remember when the first time I looked away and looked at my bank account, like after two years, and going, oh my God, I can't believe I have that, sh- that cash, like in cash, I can get access to tomorrow in my bank account. And 
you know, the, the, the problem is not the money, right? It's the psychological feeling that if all goes to crap in my life right now, I actually have a buffer. Yeah. And so my rule was that I wanted to save at least up to three months worth of my income, right, at the time. So, Before you did anything more financially, um, I don't know if you call it risky, but before, yeah, be- you- before yeah. I went to the next investment or whatever yeah. it was, I wanted three months of income so I can have access to that and go, you know what, if anything ever happens to my family or happens to me, because I was a chiropractor, right? So if everything happens to my hands or I couldn't work for whatever reason, I had the financial backing that, you know what, I had three months to figure it out without yeah. stressing. Yeah. You know, without stressing, without changing my lifestyle. And that psychological impact is huge. And so, you know, that in itself, like, thanks for bringing that up, Marcus. I think that's a really important slight edge. I think the other slight edge, too, as well, that you, you know, to do is to, is to do something every day, you know, that, that's a constantly improvement. For me, you know, I got to the level where I'm at because I was constantly reading. I was constantly reading or, you know, this is before podcasts. So, you know, now it would be reading, listening, doing everything possible to absorb as much information as possible. You yeah. know, I'm talking ab- obsessively to every time I walk the dog, I'm listening to something. Every time I was driving anywhere, I was listening. I, w- I was listening to some CDs or actually just going back to tape cassettes when I was in school. Um, you know, I did this for, for a long time. Um, washing dishes, um, working out, um, you know, going to the toilet. Yeah, <laughs> no, not, not that far. Um, but the only time I never did was actually time with my wife. You know, yeah. so that's that's when I, I, you know, even on holidays, you know, on a plane, um, I'm always have earphones on. Anybody who sees me around, typically I will have an earphone on. It's something that I'm listening to, and those are the little things that has accumulated over the years. And I've listened to, you know, thousands, probably tens of thousands of hours. You know, probably over 200 gigs of inf- 200 gigabytes of information, you know, stuffed into my brain, whether I absorbed any of all of it or, or not, it doesn't matter, but I've taken the time to learn because always the one piece of advice that will help me help other people. And yeah. so that's, un- that's, you know, my thing on having the slight edge is doing learning constantly, you know, finding ways to, 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 to absorb information, but to apply into the real world. That's key. And I think I think um, what you said, LT, that there's so many different ways to absorb new information these days is that we do need to be vigilant because someone might be listening, oh, yeah, well, I, I absorb lots of information on, on Facebook. And it's easy to absorb information on Facebook, but you want to really concentrate your energies on the topics that really are important to you. Mm. So I think... Um, if you uh, if you might be on Facebook and you might be and then you might be zooming off to articles and blogs that that you're getting on Facebook and that is definitely a, a valid source of learning. But I think um, learning is not necessarily reading the paper or watching the news or or you know being exposed to disempowering uh, information. Learning new information each day has to be in the subjects that really push your buttons. So a book is very concentrated or a podcast is very concentrated or an audio program is very concentrated. So you want to um, take in information that is really, really important to you. And as the, as the saying goes, if, even if it's only a page a day, it's still progress. Progress, not perfection. Um, it's still progress. And I think that's, yeah, that's a really important slight edge. 
Well, the also too, like let's bring a slight edge of of family, right? And for you know, you and I are、um, pretty committed to this that we have some couch time, you know, couch time with our wife,、um, and you know, spending time with our wives at night time.、Um, you know, when the kids are in bed, we we spend a bit of time, and you know, obviously everybody's different. Like you know, sure, people say that TV's not that great. But that's what my wife loves. Like she just loves hanging out, watching television, and you know, to be honest with you, I, I probably would be wanting to go read a book or, <laughs> or listen、yeah. to things. But at the end of the day, that's what she wants to do, and that's I respect that. And that, so we pick a show at least that we both enjoy,、um, and、um, that we want to want to watch. And so you know, that's our time together. And or we might be just us connecting and just chatting and talking through issues or whatever that, that, that's happening.、Um, you know, I think those those are important.、Um, whatever. Yeah. Whatever、Sorry. rituals you have, and it's it's more what、um, if to together whether it's important or not. I think it's in, it's important to recognize what happens if you don't do it.、Hmm. So what are the consequences if you don't do it? What are the consequences of not putting a portion of your income aside? What are the consequences of not learning new information on a daily basis? What are the consequences of not having?、Um, Well, for us, couch time with our wives because I know, like, just you know, me personally, if I don't have that time with Sarah at night, and I multiply that by three hundred and sixty-five days, we'd be very disconnected after a year. Because with parents, as parents of young kids, it's difficult to get quality time together throughout the day when you can actually just focus one hundred percent of your energy on the other person. So, if you multiply that by a long period of time, you then then I'd be saying you are you're a breeding ground for trouble. Um, so I think the importance of the slide edit is to recognise what are the consequences of not doing it, and that might be the、uh, that might be what stokes、um, you to actually start incorporating a new action or habit or ritual into your daily life. So that was great, Marcus. I mean, that's it's so important to really think about you know having the slide edge in our lives, and you know, so everybody out there, it's not about. Telling you exactly what that edge for you is is about trying to figure out exactly how that edge fit. You know, finding your own edge and actually how it applies back into your life. Because let's face it, all of us are different. Um, what needs to be improved, and how to make you more passionate, more motivated, more inspired about everything that you do in each and every day of your life. So I think it's about finding things. That you love to do and continually do it. It's not about the whole big picture. Think think about doing each slight edge every single day, as if it's one step. And one step forward, one step forward each day. And sooner or later, you look back and go, "Man, I've actually progressed." If you look back just from taking one step and look back, and of course you haven't gone anywhere, but it's it's about doing all the progressive stuff and the steps and all the little things that you do. That's what's going to make you great. And if you want to get out of mediocrity, this is exactly how you do it. You got to do one step at a time. You're not going to jump out of mediocrity just out of, like just like that. You can change your mindset like that, but unfortunately, you still need to do the work. So. Guys, go to facebook.com/slash/insidethechampionsmod. I'd love to hear your comments、uh, about you know about this podcast, but more importantly, just love to hear more fans. We're going to be doing some、uh, adding some new stuff on Facebook,、uh, our Facebook page.、Uh, we listen to the to the fans and listeners, and so we want to kind of、uh, um, you know listen to them and actually take action on it as well. So we, you'll、There'll、be seeing be more some, on social media. And you know、uh, what else, if you if you love listening to Inside the Champions Mind, but you want to get up close and personal with us, come to the Wellness Summit in Melbourne in August, August sixteen and seventeen at Crown. That's right. We have actually released those new dates now. We've gone from one day 
to two days now. So uh, last couple, last two summits we've ever done last year in Melbourne and uh, Gold Coast was sold out. So uh, don't wait. You got to check it out now. Uh, go to uh, thewellnesssummit.com uh, and uh, purchase your tickets there before they uh, sell out. And uh, we'll have some specials there. So make sure you go check it out before the price rises. Um, and of course, go make sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and uh, download us there and subscribe. Give us a five-star rating while you're there. This has been Inside the Champion's Mind, a show dedicated to helping you overcome mediocrity in the pursuit of being world-class in anything that you do. This is Dr. Lawrence Tam and Marcus Pierce. See you on the next episode. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.